Yesterday, Governor Waltz announced that Minnesota would loosen the stay-at-home order on May 18th. While nothing is even remotely close to being back to normal, we're edging that way. Thinking about going back to work, about going to a store, about having people over to your house other than those you live with. For those of you living with families or significant others, you know the wonderful back and forth, I love you, but you drive me crazy feeling that becomes so regular. And being cooped up only heightens that. Today I'm interviewing Rachel Coonley, actor, director, the company manager here at the Commonweal Theater, and also my wife and shelter-in-place buddy. We had a good time recording this, and I hope you enjoy listening. Thanks so much. This is part of our Conversations in Isolation series, but uh, Rachel and I aren't in isolation, or rather we are, but we are in isolation together. So we are a little slap happy right now. Rachel, how are you doing? I'm fine. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Good to know. Good to know. I'm okay. Yeah? Yeah. What's uh, isolation look like for you? For those of us who aren't in a front row seat to it. Well, I am trapped with my husband, Josiah, (laughs) our cat, Suzuki. Uh, And for those who may or may not know, I'm the company manager, so I do a lot of bookkeeping and uh, bill pay and uh, a lot of admin work. I, uh, the bulk of my work, though, is scheduling, which I haven't been doing too much of lately. Yeah. Uh, since all of our all of our plans, best laid plans, is it laid or made? Best made plans? I don't know. Don't ask me that on the air. <laughs> That's a terrible question for me to answer. Oh, are we live on the air? You can edit it in post. I'm really counting on you heavily editing this podcast. Oh boy. Well, I'm not going to do that. So let's move on to uh, some of these questions that we're going to talk about today, which is uh, to focus us on some more positive thoughts. We're going to talk about how you first came to the Commonwealth Theater. So Rachel, tell us how you first came or first heard of the Commonwealth Theater. What was life like for Rachel Coonley at the time when she first heard about this place? Well, Josiah... I first heard of the Commonweal, I think, about 12 years ago. I was 20 years old and living in St. Paul, Minnesota. I was going to Concordia University, which you were there. You know that. Uh, Josiah and I went to the same undergrad uh, in St. Paul. We went to Concordia, and a another former... Commonweal Theater employee also was at Concordia um, when I was there. Tim Seiler, yeah. uh, upon graduation, did a 10-month apprenticeship at the Commonweal Theater, and that was how I first heard of this place that would become such a large part of my life. And so you you came out here uh, to be an apprentice, or how did you first come out here? Uh, Well, I first came out to see Tim in a show. I came with a few of my friends and we saw The Rainmaker. This would have been, I think, 2009, possibly. 2009, 2010, maybe. Uh, 
and that was a show, uh, Adrian was the uh, female lead in that show, and um, I remember really enjoying everybody in it, and um, Adrian called me a few days after the per performance as part of a, you know, first-timer calls, uh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. She said, thanks for coming, and do you have any questions? And I was, like, starstruck on the phone, which was really silly to think of a little bit. But uh, that had never happened before that, you know, I always get embarrassed talking to people I see on stage because when I see people <laughs> perform, I always feel like I know them. And sometimes I forget that I don't. And so after a show, I'll, like, hug actors and be like, oh, my goodness, and they don't know me. And I have to remind myself they don't know me. But anyway, I remember just being so charmed that I got a phone call from Adrian Sweeney, the star of The Rainmaker. Um, and then uh, another friend of mine, Dan Stock, was uh, the apprentice after um, Tim's class. He was in the <laughs> next apprentice class. And then he invited me to join his apprentice class for Metamorphoses, which was his apprentice class show. And so I got to come out and uh, be a part of that one. It's my first, uh, that was the first time, yeah, my first show was Metamorphoses in 2011. Yeah, so you, you're actually, uh, you have the distinction of being the only person in two apprentice shows, is that right? Um, yes. No, I'm not sure. I <laughs> am pretty sure me and Megan Pence are tied for being involved either performing or directing the most apprentice shows. Okay. So you, yeah, because you've directed one and been in two. Yes. So that's, that puts you up to three. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's a pretty, pretty good. good. It's, I feel pretty confident that you're at least tied. I think I am probably the only person who's appeared in more than one apprentice show. I don't know. Let's, uh, let's hang your hat. That feels good. <laughs> let's say yes. It sounds good for the podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no one's going to fact check this podcast. We could say whatever we want. They might they might fact check it, so watch out. Um, so then, did you? What happened after that? After your apprenticeship, uh, you went and kind of worked out in the world. And well, Josiah, Metamorphoses. Uh, while I was in Metamorphoses, uh, I applied for the apprenticeship, and then was here all in all for like thirteen months, so just okay. a little over a year. And my own apprentice class show was the metal children and <laughs> i saw that one <laughs> it was an unmitigated disaster no it wasn't yeah. that's not fair yeah um but it was a wonderful learning opportunity and one of my favorite things to do is talk to gary and megan and carla and brandon was our other classmate is um <laughs> to kind of talk fondly and riff on that show because it was <laughs> uh such an experience <laughs> A lot of good, a lot of good memories from that show, yeah. Yeah, apprentice shows are the best. They are such a great experience. There are the highs are so high, the lows are so low, and you just <laughs> don't ever quite know what's gonna end up happening. Um, I've never, uh, in the years that I've worked in theater, I've never really encountered anything quite to it. Uh, quite like it. The Milwaukee Rep does something similar, but even mm -hmm. theirs was, your guys's was more scenes. Yeah. Whereas this is like, no, go do a full play. A full <laughs> production. We'll help you, but uh, but go do the thing. And... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, after your production ended, 
um, take me from when you left the Commonweal to when you returned again. Like, what kind of... Okay, well, in 2012, after the Metal Children uh, ended, uh, I stayed in Minnesota for a little longer, and then uh, in about August of that year, my then fiance. <laughs> That's me, for a young dear man listener. <laughs> called Josiah Laubenstein. That's what he's called. Uh, we moved to uh, South Carolina. Um, yeah. Josiah got into the MFA program at the University of South Carolina. That's right. Uh, and so I lived in South Carolina for four glorious years. <laughs> really, really actually enjoyed living in uh, Columbia, South Carolina a lot. When you were living there, did you ever think you'd be coming back up here? Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Kind of always kept the Midwest in the back of your mind. And specifically Minnesota. I love living in Minnesota. I love being Minnesotan. I'm originally from Iowa. Never felt a strong affinity <laughs> for my home state necessarily. Not that I don't mean to rag on Iowa. It is still home in a lot of ways, but I really do think of Minnesota as my home. Yeah. You always kind of had a connection. Yeah. It's a good place to live. Um, so... Because I feel like you're in kind of a unique situation where you you did the apprenticeship and then kind of spent some time away, but always kept the common wheel in the back of your mind and then had that opportunity to come back. Uh, why did you always kind of keep the common wheel in the back of your mind? What about it made you want to come work here again? Well, frankly, they're hard to forget in a lot of ways. <laughs> <laughs> um... The apprenticeship program is so immersive that, uh, again, it is something where you kind of get to be a part of the highs, get to be a part of the lows, you know? Um, it is such a strong community because uh, we're in such a small town. <laughs> Even from where I sit in our apartment here in Lanesboro, if I look out the windows, I can basically see everyone's house just from looking out the windows. I don't even have to leave where I'm sitting. <laughs> out of this window, I can pretty much see where the majority of our company members live. <laughs> and you can see the theater, right? Yeah, <laughs> which is very unique. Uh, so that's definitely, it's just kind of a, <laughs> also I get, I, I always got a, a birthday card on my birthday, even when I moved away Yeah. <laughs> to South Carolina. I always got a birthday card from um, the theater. I remember uh, when we first moved to South Carolina, uh, also Josiah and I, uh, our first apartment that we lived in down there burned down. Yeah. And uh, Hal and Adrian <laughs> immediately sent us like a, uh, an, a digital, like an electronic gift certificate immediately when they heard out, like found out that we, you know, our apartment had burned down. And I remember calling Adrian or talking to Adrian and thanking her and her being like, it wasn't until after the fact that I realized their laptops are probably, <laughs> they probably don't have their laptops. So it was <laughs> well, a little while until we were able to use. <laughs> yeah. And another common wheel connection from the fire is, didn't we get a ton of the furniture oh, currently in our apartment from Stan, Stan Peel's Stan and Laura. Family. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Stan Peel and Laura Deptra, who were company members uh, for several years have, have just been a big part of our family uh, for a long time and uh, they were still full-time company members. Um, my apprentice year was when they moved to North Carolina and so 
uh, yeah, Laura's, it's Laura's family, who she had family living in Colombia, and she, like, put a note out, and her family just, like, overwhelmed us with all this, here, we heard you need some things. It was, uh, her uncle. Yeah, they who, let us they come over to their house. They came over to their house, and they were like, we heard you, you guys are book lovers, and we're both retired English teachers, and... <laughs> Uh, come and raid our library, and they were just so kind to us. They gave us a chair that's currently sitting in we our. We still have that. Yeah, mm -hmm. a lot. The easily, easily the majority of the furniture in our apartment, all except maybe one piece. Well, the couch, yeah, came, came from yeah came from them. But this was yeah yeah just a lot. Um, we also don't have a lot of furniture. That's kind of being highlighted in that comment too. But, um, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Still, but uh, I do think that highlights something that I know sticks out uh, for me about the Commonwealth is just that once you you come here, it kind of feels like you always have a connection here. Whereas whereas other theaters can feel a little more. You go and then you leave and you it's kind transactional. of transactional. Yeah, but and this, here it is not transactional. It feels relational. If yeah. <laughs> and for better or worse, it really is like a family where it's a little, you know, it really uh, does kind of go to the next level of familial Yeah. where, I don't know, it's, yeah, you can't really shake those relationships, <laughs> even if you may want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, well, because I had never been out to the Commonweal except to see you in shows and... And then when, what was it, 2017 did you start talking about it? 2018? When did, when did we... For coming back? Mm-hmm. When did you start talking to... I know you kept in touch um, with Megan. I think it was, uh, I think I got a note from Adrian uh, after Megan had just been accepted into grad school. Okay. As I just kind of got a note, like, would you be interested in coming back? And it was just kind of good timing for us. Yeah. Um, professionally, we were, um, yeah, had been back in the state for about a year, two year years, and a half. year and a half. Yeah. But coming back to Minnesota, um, I remember we moved back to Minnesota in 2016 and that summer we came and saw, I think it was Elephant Man. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right away. I remember seeing and, Elephant Man. Um, I think maybe then it was the next year. Oh, I'm going to get the years wrong. We saw, okay. we made a point to see Pride's Crossing. We made a point to see Three Musketeers. Um, it was, yeah, we were just pretty intentional or I was intentional. And then, uh, I couldn't wait to share <laughs> just more of the Commonweal with you. So, yeah. um, right upon returning, I just kind of knew I wanted to keep the relationship alive yeah. and, a positive relationship and and just by coming back and seeing shows I was amazed at how you know especially on like a Thursday or Friday night if it happens to be like a smaller house everyone comes out like all the actors come out to meet you in the lobby and then everyone wants to go to the pub and everyone <laughs> wants to hang out and so um that was really where I had my first conversations with like Philip, who I'd known peripherally, mm -hmm. but really I remember having a couple really pleasant um, chats with Philip and and Brant and um, Eric Lee. I remember hanging out with Eric Lee and well, Elephant Man was when I met Lizzie. I remember to, I, just I remember talked to her hanging about out that, with Lizzie yeah. too. Yep, and this was when Gary was still here. Who Gary Dansu is still a very good friend of mine, and so um, 
we'd all go to the pub and hang out. But yeah, I remember meeting Lizzie too. Yeah. Do you have a moment, either from your first time or from this time, that stands out to you about being here and things kind of like clicking? Like I've asked other people kind of the moment where they knew they wanted to stay here. Um, but you could also sort of substitute it with a moment where you feel like, yeah, things just started to click for me. Yeah. Rachel's going to let our cat in. She was crying at the door. <laughs> this is what happens when uh, you have a podcast with your wife. Josiah was lamenting that I, everyone else he's podcasted is such so much better behaved than me. This but... is very true. This is very true. Everyone <laughs> is way what... better prepared and better behaved. I don't know what to tell you. Um, but yeah, so... What was the as question? <laughs> <laughs> asking uh, if there's a moment that you felt like this was home or you felt like... Uh, things either in a show or out of the show kind of clicked or a moment in Lanesboro that sort of felt like you you connected with the community? Um, well, what first comes to mind, it's so interesting um, when I was fresh out of undergrad and came here as an apprentice, um, who just who I was, like what I how I behaved. I was so <laughs> immature. I was so insecure too. I I was so uh insecure in my early twenties, especially after school was over. I was just I didn't yeah. know how to be around adults. I did not because I coming out of undergrad, it was there's just such a, you know, a distinction like the they're the authority figures in your life. That's sure. always been hard for me kind of to shake is like that idea of so I remember being here and being very uncomfortable the first as when I was an apprentice just kind of uncomfortable around people <laughs> I respected and admired again sure. sort of that like I don't know um but I do so then coming back here and being an adult and being a lot more secure and self-confident in who I am uh it has just kind of been night night and day. Mm -hmm. um, I do remember, though, when I was an apprentice, I do think... I have my MFA now uh, I, in acting. You know, I went to grad school, and my experience in my MFA was absolutely amazing, but I do really think it was here at the Commonweal that I learned the most important lessons about acting. Mm -hmm. Um. And it was really wonderful being here as an apprentice and learning some important lessons and then leaving, coming back and realizing, oh, they are good actors. Now that I know better what it means to, you know, perform effectively, I see, you know, I see and I understand and, and, and um, it's very artistically kind of inspiring. Uh, but like when I was an apprentice, uh, my uh, metamorphoses was a great experience, but then really to kill a mockingbird, mm -hmm. um, which I was not originally supposed to be in, um, but that was another uh, Laura Depta um, backed out of a role, or she requested uh, leave from a role, and that is like one of the best gifts that anyone ever could have given me was Laura, you know, kind of saying she wasn't, um, it was just a limited availability that she just... Uh, 
didn't have the room in her schedule as much for it. Yeah, and, and so you had to... So I was the understudy, and I got to go on, and I just remember being like, Laura Depta, this amazing woman has <laughs> given me this amazing chance. And then... Um, you I, played uh, Mayella in that, Yeah, right? it was Mayella Yule and Miss Stephanie. <laughs> um, but working on that role and working with Michael Bigelow Dixon, um, there were just some very important and specific aha moments in the rehearsal room that really and also just seeing other people work too seeing um professional actors seeing Hal and Adrian and Jeremy um uh he understudied in that role um but I remember rehearsing with him um I remember getting coached uh Katie Glenn doing some really really useful coaching with me on that role that just kind of blew my mind open to what acting could be um, it was just such a wonderful experience. Yeah. David was just telling me he played the bad guy in that. He was my father. Yes. <laughs> in, in David Hennessy. <laughs> he and, said he really enjoyed playing the bad guy, which I thought was, was appropriate. <laughs> yep. I got to help him with his, uh, costume change too, from Mrs. Dubois into <laughs> whatever you will forget yeah. his name, but yep. <laughs> it was quite the experience, that show. Yeah. Well, uh, since no one's going interview, to interview me for this podcast, I'm, I'm going to share my memory uh, of like when things kind of synced for me at the Commonweal. And it actually was the very first time that we pulled up to move here. Like, so Rachel moved down here early um, and we had an apartment in Taylor's Falls, which is where we were living at the time. And Rachel came down and had had the apartment here and we had that overlap period of like 14 days. And so I drove down with all of our stuff in a moving van. Um, and I drove here and pulled up and literally when I pulled up to the, to start moving our stuff in, literally everyone from the theater was here. Like 14 people were here to help us move. Just waiting for us. Just like waiting by the curbside. Like I pulled up and there are 14 faces looking at me. And I was a little overwhelmed, uh, but also kind of blown away because we don't have that much stuff. And it took maybe 20 minutes to move everything uh -huh. in because there were just tons of people. Like, uh, it was an assembly line yep. of like people just carrying things in. and They knew what to do. I mean, it was just so... It was both intrusive and also like really lovely and wonderful. It was like a changeover or it was yeah. like a strike of a set or something. It was just so efficient. and. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those amazing moments where you're like, what am I getting myself into? And I'm kind of glad I'm getting myself into this. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, uh, thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule. Thank you, Josiah. You are such a wonderful wonderful podcast ho host <laughs> oh slap happy again yeah i'm gonna turn this off before it gets can any I, weirder can i just oh, say thank another? you real quick thank you to all of our uh wonderful um common wheel family um patrons out there who have sent their well wishes our way and just uh, made a point to make sure that we know that you are thinking about us we're thinking about you and we miss you so much um, and thank you for thinking about arts organizations uh, at this time. Um, yeah, we love you. Thanks so much for listening. If you'd like to donate to the Commonweal Theater, you can go to commonwealtheater.org. That's Commonweal, like Commonwealth, but without the TH at the end. 
That is also the best place to find out updates about our season, when we'll be back on stage, when we'll start rehearsing again. You can also find us on social media, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We're posting nearly every day, and we would love to hear from you. Once again, I'm Josiah Lobenstein, and thanks for listening.